Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live different lives than the people around us. Um, and I'm excited to be joined by Jeff Taylor, our student ministries pastor here. Um, and we are going to be talking, we're eventually going to be talking about um, what it looks like when we're experiencing burdens that are keeping us from the rest that Jesus promises us. And we'll, we'll focus in especially on Jesus' words in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Um, just real quick before we get into this, you know, Jeff, um, first of all, we're at the point of the year that student ministry is, you know, ramped up for the fall, but also you've sent off a couple of your kids to college. Just, you, you mind giving a little personal in, uh, update on what's going on with your family? Yeah, my son Carter is at Point Loma University down in San Diego, and he's going into his senior year as a music major. And so that's exciting. That's a whole new phase of life where he's looking beyond college now and what he wants to do uh, with that. And then my daughter, Emma, is a freshman at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. And so we uh, drove her out there and got her moved in and she's going to be a social work and Spanish major. And uh, so, yeah, new phases of life. We are left with Nate at home. Our, so he is an only child, which he has mixed feelings about. Um, but yeah, it's, all, it's a real new season for the Taylor family. Yeah, and a little, a little odd because I, I, Carter's been out, but a little odd having a kid that far from home all the way over in Texas. It, it, it's different because there have definitely been times in the past where Carter has just kind of spontaneously decided to come home for the weekend or whatever. And with Emma, we're deciding when do you come home, when, what does schedule look like, uh, booking flights. I mean, it's, it's a much different situation. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate it. I know, you know, us and the Franklin family and probably some other families at the church are kind of watching like hawks the way you guys are handling this because, you know, <laughs> oh. a, a couple steps ahead, seeing how are these guys navigating the college years? Because, of course, we're getting ready to send Matt off to not, not super far, but getting ready to launch him out and then just enter that phase where the kids start leaving the home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited for us to have this conversation. You know, um, the, it, as we're recording it, it was just this last Sunday that um, Pastor Hunter um, preached on uh, Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30. You know, 28 through 30 is this great passage of Jesus inviting into rest. And I, I was reflecting more on it and thought, that this feels like a great um, podcast topic to me. And really where we're going to focus in is um, Jesus invites us to rest in him. And yet, I think a lot of us, the way that we experience Jesus' call for us, it doesn't necessarily always feel restful. It can feel burdensome. And so because of that, what we wanna talk about, are what are some of the reasons why Jesus' call that he says is restful, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, you will get rest for your souls. You know, he says, take my yoke upon you, which means there's gonna be stuff I'm gonna tell you to do. There's gonna be, you know, obligations or burdens that I'm going to give you, but he says, you'll find rest for your souls. Um, and so I, I, w the area that we want to focus in on eventually is talking about what are the extra burdens that we find ourselves taking on that contribute to the yoke of Jesus not feeling restful. Um, but, but I thought in starting off, I, I would just ask you, we can both answer this, but um, Jesus says that taking on his yoke, following him is restful. Um, maybe just an honest moment for some of us, what's something that you experience in your relationship with Jesus or maybe a calling that he gives to all of us that you're like, it's hard for me to find this restful. Like it's counterintuitive to me to feel like Jesus doing this is gonna give rest to my soul. 
yeah, it has, I feel like everything to do with what you surrender to and where you put the authority. Um, it really dis distinguishes where the rest, it's either going to be restful or it's going to just be something added to your to-do list. And for me, one of the one of the most difficult things to find rest in is not striving. Hmm. Because I I wanna be a good dad. I wanna be a good husband. I wanna but if I'm doing that on my own, doing my best, not restful. <laughs> Even when I do it in the name of Jesus, but not in the power of Jesus, not restful, because now it just feels like even higher expectations. But when there is the surrender of going, God, I'm gonna surrender my kids to you, my marriage to you, being a pastor to you, um, there is a rest that doesn't come from lacking things to do, right? but a rest going, man, this is not up to me. Yeah, this is not dependent on me being a good enough dad, a good enough husband, a good enough pastor. It is, but man, that's a struggle for me because yeah. I I want to do things the right way, the good way, the best way. I want either people to look at me or even just for myself to evaluate. Man, I'm a good dad. Yeah. I'm a good husband. Wow, that was, I'm a good pastor. I care for people, and. If that's not surrendered to Christ, it's not restful. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because you brought up different examples of um, what, what for you and what for many of us are legitimate, we can le legitimately identify them as this is part of the yoke of Jesus for me. Mm -hmm. um, being a father, being a husband, being for, for each of us, the privilege of being a pastor, being a friend, being a son, all of these things are, are part of the yoke that Jesus has given us, the calling that he's given us for right now. And they're good things, but they can feel burdensome. They can feel tiring. And, and there's a lot of reasons why I think Jesus' words are true here. And one of them you kind of tapped into the whole um, whose, whose shoulders does the result of this ultimately land on? Because if it's mine, that's just a big task Jesus gave me to do. And man, I, I'm going to feel crushed under the weight of that. Mm. Rather than Jesus, you know, the beginning of this passage is come to me an invitation that walking with Jesus, as you said, doesn't mean we're lacking activity. Like one of, one of the things for me that often feels burdensome is just um, reaching out to the lost with the gospel. I'm sort of like, can somebody else do this? Like, I, I know there's a calling to it, but it, it, it's not something that, that I relish. I feel sort of like I'm trying to talk myself into it or, or when I'm around non-Christians, I'm like, all right, I'm talking myself into, you know, be bold and bring this up. It does not usually strike me as a restful thing to do. And I think part of that is because similarly, I'm, I'm caught up in the whole, am I going to do this right? What is going to happen? I, I'm, I'm supposed to do this rather than looking at this as who knows what might happen if I, if I trust Jesus and sow a seed here, who knows what the spirit may do in that sense of wonder and excitement. So I think it's good just to talk about the idea of the, it, for anybody listening, if you're like, sometimes Jesus yoke doesn't feel restful. Yeah. Like th that's all of us, all of us wrestle with this. Um, and what we want to zero in on is I think one of the reasons why we deal with that and why Jesus yoke doesn't feel restful to us is because it feels like one more thing we're adding to an already burden filled life. 
we're just like, when do I have time to disciple my kids? I mean, when do I have time to reach out to non-Christians? When do I have time to serve as a volunteer? Like, when do I have time for this? I have all of these other things happening. And so where I want the bulk of our discussion to go is to talk about some of those burdens that we take on. Um, and I don't think these categories I'm gonna give are perfect, um, but I was thinking of kind of two big categories of extra burdens that we take on. Um, the first is expectations from others. Um, and the second, and I, I was trying to come up with a good description of this. The best one I came up with was recreational burdens. Um, and what I mean, there might be some overlap in, in how others' expectations carry into this, but sort of things that are normalized in our culture that are really more opt-in or more recreational, but we suddenly feel pressure that these need to be a part of our lives. And so we feel like, Jesus calling for me feels crowded out because I have so much going on. So, so let's use this as a little bit of a basis for our discussion. Let's start with, um, with uh, the expectations from others um, and just talk a little bit about um, what are some ways that either for you personally, Jeff, or just that you're seeing in others that you're shepherding, seeing maybe in students that you're shepherding, that you're like, here's, here's some common things that you're seeing as far as how the expectations of other people add burdens to our plates yeah this i mean there is no shortage of examples and we could yeah. just start listing them off but i think a general category where a lot of this is getting fed from currently and in today's culture is social media where if you're on TikTok or instagram or facebook whatever your your choice of medium is um you are constantly bombarded with dress like this, hmm. provide this, act like this, have this accomplishment. Those aren't new things. But I believe that with social media, it is in our face like never before. I mean, I suppose my grandparents were tempted and allured by things they found in the Sears catalog. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, I want that thing. Um, and and so forth through through history. And now we're just at a place where in my pocket. It's right there. At any yeah. point I can go, oh, let me see how I'm not measuring up today. Let me <laughs> let me figure out uh, what I need to get in order to be. Well and, well, and even going along with that, the idea that we get that instant feedback on social media also like, well, how am I doing? Well, people liked this. So how am I doing? And, and how the expectations of others become much more visible to us on our everyday lives because they're approving or disapproving in real time to stuff that we're talking about. Absolutely. And I even recently went before the church and said, hey, we've got some opportunities in youth ministry for adults to come alongside our students and be part of the Exit 83 staff. And one of the primary things that I I need to communicate to people is you don't have to measure up to the expectations of teenagers based on how they dress, what they're interested in, because one of the things that probably all of us does is we evaluate the situation we're going into and going, okay, what do I need to be? How do I need to, and the pressure of that, the mm. burden of that, how do I need to, to dress? How do I need to act? What do I need to know? And so in a, youth ministry context it's like all right who are the popular music artists what what right. are people what are the students streaming what do I, and there's this temptation to be like i've got to be accepted by them and the reminder is you need to be accepted by jesus 
you need to have a heart that loves Jesus, likes teenagers, but loves Jesus to a point where you go, Jesus, I'm going to let you lead me at whatever age I am, whatever my style is, whatever music I'm into, I'm going to let you lead me in this rather than that striving of, mm. did I say it right? Did I do it right? And that goes into our work ethics and our, our hobbies and our friendships. How are we not surrendering to Jesus and taking on those burdens of expectation of others um, that are, like we've talked about, highlighted on social media? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you better, if, if you really want people to respect you, do this. If you want to become important, if you want to get that raise, if it, now, some of it is fine and even yeah probably should do those things but when we're looking to that for approval when we're looking to yeah. that for value um that's when the burden gets heavy and you end up just kind of going well you can respond to all kinds well, of sure. ways well sure well yeah and just the idea of all right well well how do i have time for all these other things that i'm supposedly supposed to be doing as a christian when like like you said i've been given this task list mm -hmm whether it's explicit or implicit, I feel like I've been given this task list of things that I need to do in order to be a person who's approved by others. Um, and I think it, it, it was interesting thinking about this because for me, um, I, I mean, I know some people who are sort of like, I don't care what others think of me. And I'm like, I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there's kind of a continuum of, you know, like I, I think on the continuum, I'm, I'm on the side of, I, I seem to be less bothered by disappointing other people than some other people do. Um, it, I mean, if I'm disappointing my wife, well, that, that's, that's a big deal. But if I'm disappointing a lot of other people, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a sociopath, but, but I'm sort of like, I seem to be able to live with that better than, it, like I know a lot of other people that just um, bear the deep burden of, I, I can't have anybody disappointed with me. And so that leads to the idea of um, maybe you have sort of a, a high drama friend or a high drama family member, and they are twice a week wanting you to drop what you're doing and get on the phone for two hours and sort of talk them down from something that's you know, really something that they should probably be handling better than they are. Um, but the sense of saying, well, I, I, I've got to do that. Like, I can't tell them I can't talk right now. Um, or just the idea, and I think about this even for us as pastors, when, when we're talking about um, calling people to use their gifts in the ministry, that, that there are different times where um, even the expectations of involvement here at church can feel like, well, well, if there's something to be done, I need to be in on it. Um, rather than, we, we've really tried to champion the idea of saying, hey, like if you're an Exit 83 helper, don't feel like you're also supposed to be over here doing these other things. Uh, allow yourself to focus in, but there can be that sense of, hey, I, I need to be at the beck and call of, um, of for, for many people, um, dramatic people who are gonna suck up my time, but as a good Christian or as a good sister, or I, I say sister because I know more women that feel like in this position than men, but I know plenty of men that do. Um, I've gotta be that person for other people. And so where in the world am I gonna have time for this other stuff when I have these people that um, their disappointment in me will be deafening if I say no to one of these things. Yeah, it reminds me of this Jim Carrey movie that came out a bunch of years, uh, years ago called Yes Man. And the point of the movie was look at all the opportunities that saying yes opens up. And it shows him like going down all these different paths because he just says yes to everything. What it doesn't show 
is the weight that saying yes brings with it. And so as you're talking about, we get into these spots of like, how am I supposed to do it all? How am I supposed to have time for the things that we do view as important and should view as important while also meeting everybody else's needs or or just saying yes to everything or feeling guilty if I don't say yes to everything. It's like, boy, how, what, what kind of a friend or Christian or dad would I be if I don't just make everything happen? And there is that weight, that, that burden with every yes. Now, some of those burdens we need to carry. Absolutely. Some of those burdens are important. And, um, but as we evaluate where is our mind, where is our heart, what are, what are those things fixed on? And what is our desire? Is it to live and serve Christ and let him work in and through our lives? Or is it for the satisfaction of other people yeah. and the people around us? And it doesn't matter whether you're a teenager or an adult. Um, it comes from all different areas. Yeah. Well, when I think about it, you know, in uh, in Matthew 23, um, in part of Jesus' diatribe against the Pharisees, where he just really lets them have it, um, he talks about the idea that um, they weigh down sort of the average the, the average Jewish person. Um, they are weighing them down with burdens that they're unwilling to carry. And one of the reasons why that strikes me is because Jesus is there making it clear um, there are certain burdens that other people put on you that Jesus is saying, I don't want you to have to carry that. Um, now, now, in this case, he's, he's talking mostly about sort of the extra laws and expectations, but I think it's striking that Jesus is identifying, oh yeah, that you could say there are burdens involved in following Jesus because there are things he's calling us to do, that there are real callings. Um, but when he says, take my yoke upon you, I think that there's this great liberating sense of where he doesn't say, take everybody's yoke upon you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say take your, you know, your your kids' schools yoke upon you. He doesn't say take social media's yoke upon you. He doesn't say take your dramatic friends yoke upon you. And so we we want to be thoughtful. And I think some of us, some of us probably are more of no people who need to be said, hey, you're you're selfish. Like you're saying no all the time because you're just selfish and you don't like drama. That's more my category where I'm like, yeah, I, I probably fall into that. But man, there's other people where there could be this great liberation to say, um, you are looking to Jesus for what your calling is. And that allows you the freedom, not to say to this other person, no, I don't care about you, but to say, I, I've, I've got other things that I'm called to do. I don't have room for this because here's what Jesus has called me to do. And that there can be freedom with that. Well, and we see that in scripture where the people in the church wanted some of the disciples to handle the money right. and handle the this and that. And they went, hold on, you need to appoint people mm -hmm. who will do that. It's not us. We are not going to take that on just because you believe we should. And we even do that um, with our kids. There are things my kids come to me with that are valuable, that are important they're meaningful and all of these things. And they say, will you do this for me? And the very best thing that I can do for them is I want you to step out and I want you to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to step in. I'm not going to rescue you from it. I'm not going to do it for you, even though it might come out better if I did. Um, I'm going to let you have this experience and not take it on me like, okay, let me also do this for you. And it's not a selfishness mm -hmm. when our motive and when our desire is for them to, like what you said, to be able to respond to what God is doing yeah. in their life. 
and not not take that from them. It's like in a way, I'm robbing them of the hand of God in their life because, well, okay, I'll do this for you. Yeah. When God, you know, I know he's not doing this, but could be going like, oh, stop getting in the way. Right. <laughs> I'm well, trying well, to do something. I mean, it's a whole, gosh, the, the, there could be a whole other podcast episode just on the whole idea of um, how many times that we do things for people are we really doing it because we need to do it rather than, I mean, it, but, but it's important in you bringing it up because there are those things where, um, like I, I thought it was probably like, I don't know, two or three years ago um, that I remember, and I remember it happening fast over the course of maybe like three months that there were four sort of friendship situations um, that I found myself in where I had four different friends going through like pretty significant things, you know, like one going through his wife, leaving him one going through some really substantive legal problems. Um, and I just, it was very clear to me that with these, all four of these, God was calling me to put extra effort into really walking with them through this. Um, and it was interesting having that clarity and it was it, there was a burden in the sense of like, hey, it, it took some time and it took some effort and my, my prayers and my mind preoccupied with it. Um, but I really felt the freedom in some other cases to be like, um, hey, like I, I am not God. I am finite. Uh, like God has called me to really walk with these four guys. I, I'm not going to have a lot of capacity for other things right now. I'm going to trust that God is going to raise others up for that. Um, now, the other side that, that I want to talk, and again, these bleed into each other, the expectations of others um, and the recreational burdens. But with recreational burdens, I'm, I'm kind of talking about the FOMO idea a little bit, you know, the, the fear of missing out, um, but, but, you know, which we sometimes associate with younger people, sort of like, I've, I've, if there's an event, I've got to be there. It's not just a younger people thing. In fact, for, for us as parents, I, I feel like one of my biggest examples of the, the recreational burdens is the number of kids' activities that many of us as parents get going in, which maybe our kids aren't even like maybe our kids would be okay with being like, we can scale this back. But we as parents are like, no, we need to find out if you were going to be the best violinist ever and the best, you know, baseball player ever. And, you know, that you're going to sing. And, you know, it, we, we have all of these things that we do that we, that we add. And suddenly we really are in a position of saying, when are we going to sit down at the dinner table and read the Bible with our kids? We have all these things that we need to do. And if we ever pause, we'd realize nobody's making us do this stuff. Like this is, we have opted in, but maybe part of it is that kind of social media, cultural pressure. But there is that sense of there are recreational burdens that because they're normalized in our culture, we suddenly feel like I have to do these things to sort of be important or be a part of what's going on. Well, and we we even talk ourselves into seeing and believing that there's virtue in it. So uh, in this case, like, I'm going to get my kids involved in these things because I don't want them to miss out. Absolutely. I'm yeah. doing this for them. I'm, I mean, look at, look at what a great dad I am driving my kids to three travel ball games on a Saturday <laughs> because I, and I'm doing this for them. I'm not getting anything, but I don't want them to miss out. And so there's this perceived virtue of it. Like, look at how I'm performing as a dad. And um, there are those aspects that, our culture plays into that and goes, you better get your kids involved in this. You better have them do this. Um, or even I, I've heard somebody say, you know, it's our responsibility to have, to raise well-rounded kids. Mm -hmm. And we've interpreted that as, so have them do everything right. and fill up yeah. all of your time. Music, sports, academics, all, like 
all like being well-rounded talk about a burden there's a lot that you can include in that and so having that discernment and i and i think that that is something maybe when it comes to the practical stuff maybe we don't spend as much time spiritually asking for discernment of like am i gonna pray am i gonna pray about whether my son should audition for this group i should i am i gonna pray and ask god to close doors or make available opportunities to play on this travel ball team rather than this travel ball team um am i willing and open and listening to god if he says no am i willing for god to say you need to pull your kid mm-hmm. but the, but they love it but all their friends but they Am I, and that again goes back to where's the, what are we surrendering to? What is the authority? And um, that cultural, I mean, there is no shortage of opportunities. I mean, they have, I mean, everywhere we look, hey, you can do this and practice every night. Yeah. And and I remember that this was, I mean, this was probably over a year ago, but I remember a conversation that we were having um, and you were talking about specifically in student ministry, the whole idea of streaks. Um, can you talk a little, cause I, I feel like now I see that everywhere, but that to me was very insightful. Could you talk a little bit about that? I feel like this really came to a head one time when I received news from a student and their parent that they wouldn't be going to rock the boat, our summer camp, which most people just, they wait all year They're for dying it. They, to go. You know, oh yeah. But they weren't going to go because it would break their streak on Snapchat because we asked them not to be on their phone and we don't really have coverage where we're at. And so it was going to break their streak. And so they decided to forfeit relationship. They decided to forfeit spiritual growth. They decided to forfeit um, fun and having a good time, taking a break from yeah. the everyday stuff for the sake of preserving. And and I looked at that and I was just like, so what we're talking about pressure, it's like right. the pressure that this thing that means nothing like there is no reward it's not like hey once you hit a thousand day streak you win a million dollars you get a new car you get there there's no benefit there there's nothing in it for you but it's the value that we place on it and that and carrying that burden and i saw that in the student's life and i saw even in the parent of like they they were so discouraged that this was the choice being made Mm. and it, it, it was sort of like, okay, you address this a couple different ways because there's the parental aspect of right. it, but then the student aspect. But it was an illustration of unwillingness to lay off a burden right. that, that you've received. You've yeah. put it on you. It's not, yeah, no nobody's, one's forcing you. And, and it is, it, you know, it, and it's, it, well, because I started that there's a, um, an at-home exercise app that I, I started using um, when all the gyms were shut down, you know, during COVID. But I started noticing that it did keep track of streaks. <laughs> and I found myself as a 45-year-old man, I was like, I, I got to get in a quick thing right now because I don't want to lose the streak. And it's like, oh, you're at, 18 days, try to get to 21. Nothing happens at 21, but you're like, I got it. <laughs> and, and you realize nobody, like nobody has placed this burden on me, but suddenly I feel it. Um, for, for some people, genuinely, it sounds silly, but having a whole bunch of stuff on your Netflix queue feels like a burden. You're like, I got to, there's too much stuff. I got to get to this. Or everybody's on episode six of this show and I'm on ex- episode one. I got to catch up. We, we have these burdens that are really recreational, 
that we could opt out of. And it's interesting, even especially on the social media thing with the streaks, um, just seeing the people who are who are running these apps and doing these, so, like they know, yeah, they know that we are drawn to this and suddenly we're gonna make sacrifices and we're gonna keep going in because it suddenly feels like a burden. It suddenly feels like an obligation. I need to do this in order to get, well, well nothing, but it still feels like I've got to get this done. And so, well, gosh, I mean, it, it, reading my Bible, I haven't even thought about that. Like, I've got to meet all of these requirements of these opt-ins that I've gone to. Yep, for me, uh, it's Duolingo. Hmm. I, do, I do Spanish on Duolingo, and it keeps track of your number of days and things like that. And for me, it's kind of another side of this. I, I'm not doing it for anybody else. Um, I'm not updating people. I mean, there are even opportunities oh, yeah. on the app where it's like, let people know that you just hit 900 days or whatever. I, I don't do that. It's, it's, it's fine. But there is a burden inside of me where I find myself doing it because it's the right thing to do. Hmm. Keep your strict, be diligent, be faithful, be it. Now, diligence, faithfulness, good things. All I'm um, having routine. Great. Fine. But when it becomes burdensome, there are some aspects in life where it's it's not healthy. It's not godly. It's not where we're told to fix. I mean, we're told to fix our mind on things above, not on earthly things. And what's all the earthly stuff where we fix our mind? Yeah. And in contrast to, you know, Duolingo every day and I, I sit down and I do it. I also have a prayer app that sends me alerts. And how much easier is it for me to just swipe up? Hmm. And I mean, the, the alert even says, got five minutes to pray? Not right now, I'm in a meeting. Not right <laughs> now, I have to write a message. Not right now, I have to study the Bible. And it, it even becomes this contradiction of what I'm valuing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, a couple of years ago, Karina and I were, um, I'm trying to, I guess it was actually, th this was like, that last thing we did right before the COVID shutdown when we did the parenting conference, Karina and I did a session at that. Um, and she came up with this illustration. I, I kind of was the one that that helped tell it, but um, it had to do, we, we had one of those mason jars um, and our illustration, we were talking about parenting, but this applies to all of our lives. Um, and we sort of talked about, all right, there's a limited amount of space in this jar. Um, and we started with some very big rocks um, and just said like, all right, these are the foundation. These are the most important things in our family. You know, these are, you know, wh whether it has to do with it, this is us every Sunday being at church, unless there's some extraordinary circumstance. This is us having, you know, dinner table time together. This is, you know, whatever are those core things. These are the core things God has called us to. Um, because if we put a whole bunch of stuff in here before we put these in, these big rocks aren't gonna fit. Um, and then we had sort of the medium-sized rocks of like, all right, these are the priorities that aren't non-negotiables, but the things that we think God has called us to. Um, and, and so they, they might be kind of fun activities that we'd say, well, we could do away with this if we needed to, but, but we're going to put these in first. And then at the end, it was like, now you can add in the sand. Now you can add in the sand that fits around all of these. And I think for too many of us, we're like, I got no room for this big, how, how in the world am I supposed to fit this in? Look at how full my jar is. And that's why if, when we talk about taking on the, the yoke of Jesus, we got to do some emptying out of that beforehand. And, and that's where I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit now, just um, for anybody right now that might be listening to this and, 
and feels weighed down by some of these burdens, feels like, I wanna do what Jesus called me to do, but man, when, when you're talking about reading the Bible regularly, when you're talking about having a prayer life, when you're even talking about making it every Sunday to church or being involved in a life group, like, you don't know, my blood pressure goes through the roof because I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Um, what might be some initial things, both practically, but, but also just sort of personally and spiritually that you would advise somebody if they're saying, I, I don't know how to get there. I think one of the initial things that's important is to recognize that it is not the call of God on your life that's bringing the pain. Hmm. It is all of the other stuff. Yeah. It's the the letting go of all the other things. And um, I think we've all probably had experiences where we've done something where we go, I know this is going to be hard. I know this is going to hurt, but we just do it anyway. And the letting go, the sacrificing of things, I think is an initial step. And it, you know, Paul tells us, you know, to set our minds and on whatever is true, whatever mm. is noble, whatever is right, whatever is of good reputation, whatever. These are the things that, that we need to focus on. So to begin considering what are the things that are overtly not that. Um, but two, what are the things that more subtly, it's just like, it's, it's making me busy and it's keeping me from pursuing the presence of God. And so on Monday nights, we, there's a group that meets here that, that prays and in a busy full schedule of important things or things that we've made important, um, it's the prayer, it's the going to prayer that feels like the painful thing mm. when the going to prayer is the thing that brings relief. It yeah. will be the thing that brings freedom. It will now that means that there's going to be disappointed people. That means there's going to be um, things that we're going to have to say no to. But I think many times we blame the, the Christ centered oh. stuff as the thing causing pain when that's not what's causing right. the pain. It's the it's the other stuff that we've burdened ourselves with, mm -hmm. and the tearing off of those things. And so I would just I would recommend, as I have to do in my own. I mean, this is certainly not. Hey, look, I figured this out. So let me tell you, um, that that consistent consideration of what am I valuing, mm -hmm. and what is the cost, and if this is making me busy, but it's not. It's a self-imposed busyness, or it's um, not something that anyone else is even expecting me to do. But yeah. I've done. Um, what are those things that need to be surrendered to Jesus? And I believe that this is something the Holy Spirit will do in us, where yeah. we when we pray for that discernment. I mean, we're told if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, and He'll give it to you without judging. He's not going to be right. like, "Oh, I was waiting for you to you, you dummy, you yeah. to give that up." It's the prayer that we get the guaranteed yes to. Absolutely, I mean, that's great. <laughs> so let's start praying that. Um, God, give me wisdom. Help me to know the things that I need to say no to. Um, help me to hold things more loosely. Yeah. I think that that's one of the areas that I struggle with is I tend to be an either or kind of person. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if I need to do this, then I can never do this. When many times it's a hold more loosely, be yeah. willing to go, oh, you know what? I, 
rock the boat would be really good for me. So I'm going to let my streak go for a week and then I'll start it up again. Yeah. Seems like a, a silly example, but we have those kinds of like, no, no, no. I have to ride my, my mountain bike every weekend. Well, there's family stuff or there's a, a night of worship at church at no, no, I need, what are the things we're willing to hold more loosely yeah. in, in order to pursue Jesus? Yeah. And I agree. I mean, we can't, I think just even the process of bringing this before the Lord in prayer um, is gonna be such a good thing that I'm just like, that there's no way that there can't be fruit from that. Um, and the other thing that just going along with that as, as maybe a, a second step that I was considering was, and if we've, if we've done that and, and if the Holy Spirit is starting to give us some insight in like, all right, what is he calling me to do right now? And what does that mean maybe he's not calling me to do? I would say, man, like, get somebody else to, to maybe look like, maybe even get it down on paper and say like, all right, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Um, so it's like, well, well, if you're married, you can do this with, with your spouse, but may, maybe even the two of you like have stuff that you're not seeing. And I, I'm just struck because when people talk to me about what's going on, it's often so clear to me saying like, nobody's making you do that. Like what, what, what would, what, what, what would keep you from just saying, we're just not gonna do that anymore? Like it's clearly getting in the way. To me, it's obvious. To them, it's not obvious. And that, that's the way blind spots work with all of us. And so to say, man, there might be somebody in your life group or in your friend group, or, or maybe even if you're a kid, maybe even talking to your parents if you're a teenager and, and risking that and saying, what do you see here? It, so often other people can right away see like, why wouldn't you just let go of this? Like you're burdened by it, you're exhausted by it, you're not even enjoying it anymore. What would keep you like, well, this this person? And so I, I think bringing somebody else into it would be such a beneficial thing just to get another set of eyes on it. And then I also think, and you kind of alluded to this, um, for those that are deeply burdened by when they disappoint other people, you gotta go into this prepared to disappoint people. Um, you know, it, my, my wife once said, I don't know that she made it up, but she once said, uh, if you stop living to please people, you find that certain people are displeased with you. <laughs> like it works. <laughs> They're suddenly not pleased with you all the time. So you have to go in just with the reality of saying there will be some disappointed people. And I'm going to live in the reality that God's approval is the one I'm looking at. Um, and if somebody's gonna disapprove of me because I'm following the lead of God in this, I'm gonna have to find a way to live with that dynamic. Um, and then just to live in that reality of saying, man, when we're doing what Jesus has called us to do, um, sometimes we are tired because it involves activity. And sometimes we have to be creative and we have to do research and we have to make plans. But when we're really living saying, this is what Jesus has called me to do, we get to live in the relief of saying, he is the one that brings the growth. I am sowing the seeds and the sower gets to sow in joy saying, I'm putting it out there. And I get to trust that the burden is not on me to make the harvest what it's gonna be, but to sow the seeds and see what the Lord is gonna do through that. And I think that that makes a great point to even this, this element of some people could even feel a burden. Okay, so we got to figure out our calendar. Right. All right, I got to figure out how to not be burdened right. <laughs> and it was like, no, no, no. 
let it go. Hold it with an open hand and say, God, I need you to work this in me. God, I want your hand to be to be the one that guides this, not me trying to do this my best way. I know, I know that that would be my tendency. Yeah. It's like, okay, what? I'm supposed to consider my schedule and look at the 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 order of rocks in my jar. Okay, I'm gonna do that, and I'll be diligent to do it. It's like Jeff, you missed it. All you did was just burden yourself with now this this aspect of figuring it out again as we figure it out that we do it inviting the discernment of yeah. god to to be with us yeah yeah when, i mean when jesus talks about offering rest i don't think that there's a person alive that doesn't have something in them just the deep like wow do i want that yeah. um and how many times are we sort of self-sabotaging exactly what would bring us the ultimate rest because we're convinced that we're going to find it through some other means, but to really trust him in that. And like you said, to go into this, not saying, oh, this is a problem to be solved through primarily scheduling, but it's, it's a problem to be solved through primarily trusting Jesus mm. and really believing that what he says is true and that the, the one who is willing to lay down his life for us is not gonna then lead us into disaster when we trust him but that he really is going to lead us. You know, you think of Psalm 23, to the, the pastures by the waters and him feeding us and him taking care of us mm. when we're active, but when we're not overburdened because we're following the voice of our shepherd. Well, and this is important for us as adults and for us who have kids or have influence over younger people that we realize we're training them up mm -hmm. in how they're going to live. And so as we are eager or willing to allow our schedules to just be so packed and to be distracted by this and to do this, we're actually guiding them and showing them this is how you need to this live your life. This is how you do it. <laughs> this, this is what it means to, and now we have a term called adulting. Oh, this mm -hmm. is adulting. And sometimes I hear that with a specific situation. I'm like, that's not adulting. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's <reckless>. not healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, um, and so it's, it's important. And, and when you were talking about getting other eyes on it, I, I really appreciate that because how often, um, in particular as adults or even as students handling their own lives, um, do we try and do it our, ourself? And I'm going to figure this out. What if, and I, this would play out differently in every family, what if you grab your calendar, whether it's a paper calendar or you open up uh, yeah, the calendar, calendar on your phone and you just see it full and you spin it around and you got your family sitting there in the living room or at the kitchen table, whatever, you spin it around and you go, look at all these things. Yeah, Guys, what do we do? If this is a burden under, if you're feeling mm. that this is heavy, if you're feeling that this is keeping you, um, that take the initiative of going, guys, we got we got to solve this. Mm -hmm. We've got to figure out and get other eyes on it. Do it as a family, and you may have a, a kid go. Well, I'll give up soccer right now. Maybe soccer is what that kid needs to be doing. And, and that's why, but in discernment, uh, consider yeah. as a family, what do we do? You How also do we... might have a kid say, mom, I can make my own lunch. Mm -hmm. If that means you're going to get a quiet time. Like who knows what good things God might bring through exactly what you're talking about right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time for us to talk. Obviously, we could be talking about this forever because it's such a big thing. But hopefully what we've talked about is given just some 
some spiritual insight and also just some practical insight to say, man, anybody dealing with this, you're not alone. Like mm. we're, we're, we're all feeling this sense, um, but there's rest to be had in Jesus. And too many times, uh, I loved what you said, we think that the part Jesus is calling us to is what the sort of the straw that's gonna break the camel's back, but it's not. It's actually the restful stuff. It's all of the other burdens that we're carrying that makes Jesus' yoke feel heavy to us. And if we're able to let some of those go, man, what kind of rest could we be in? Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Those of you who watched or listened, I appreciate you taking the time for that. Um, we put out new episodes of The Christian Contrast every two weeks. And so if you found this helpful and you wanna look at back episodes, you can find those on our YouTube channel for Life Bible Fellowship Church, um, or you can find those on our website at lbf.church. And I usually go back and look at the videos on YouTube and if people have commented, I look to interact. If people ask questions, I look to engage with that. So if you have a question or a comment on that, go ahead and leave this in this video and I'll look to get to you on that. But um, until next time, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We'll see you again with a new episode in two weeks.